When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Mini Break, your date podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Saturday, October 21st. Who's playing for all the marbles? On one of our last jam-packed championship Sundays of the 2023 season, that, of course, is the question I hope to answer for all of you listeners here on today's show. I want to run you through all six of our tour-level events, recap what happened on semifinals Saturday. Certainly, in my opinion, the headline belongs to a couple of rising ATP talents. First, let's start with Arthur Fee in Antwerp. Boy, was he excellent once again, the 19-year-old Frenchman earning arguably the biggest win of his young career, a straight-set victory over Stefano Tsitsipas. He impressed in so many different ways in that match, perhaps most notably the fact that he was able to close it out in straight sets despite the fact that Tsitsipas broke Fee when Fee served for the second set up 5-4. Again, the poise, the aggression under pressure from the 19-year-old Frenchman. He's showing off all of the things you like to see from a rising young talent as they begin their ascension towards the top of the men's game. So I want to break down that fee performance for all of you listeners today. Set up his final against Sasha Bublik, of course, in Tokyo. Ben Shelton just continues to find magic from a set and double break 5-2 down. He pulls out a three-cent victory over Marcos Giron. It's been a year of so many firsts for Ben Shelton. He can knock one more off the checklist as he reaches his first tour-level final in Tokyo. We'll talk about how he got there, as well as his matchup in the final against Aslan Karatsev. Those, I would say, are your two headline results of the day. But look, we got plenty of other fun things happening around the globe on the women's side in Nanchung. Marie Bozhkova, she reaches her first final, should take on a very much informed Katarina Sinyakova in Monaco. Steer, Elisa Mertens, looking to make it back-to-back titles at that Tunisian event. Things going to get interesting for her in the final, certainly, as she takes on a very much in-form Jasmine Paolini. And then how about Kluge Napoca? Always fun to watch a player have the opportunity to compete for a title in their home country. That's precisely what we'll have with Elena Gabriela Russa in Kluge Napoca. I'm blanking on who she's facing. No, I'm not. She'll face Tamara Korpatz in in the final of that Kluge Napoca event, and then, of course, in Stockholm. Let's not forget about. I don't know. If it's your sixth event and this is your undercard final, I actually feel pretty good about that action in Stockholm. Katov versus Gael Monfi. Plenty of fun ahead on Championship Sunday. Again, that's your Cliff Notes version, but 
on the rest of today's show, I will unpack all of those final matchups, discuss how we got there, break down what you should be looking for on Championship Sunday. Of course, the reason we're able to do that day in, day out is because of the support we get from all of you listeners. And I have seen an uptick in the ratings we now have on Apple Podcasts. I, again, appreciate all of you who have taken the time to go leave that five-star rating. I always appreciate all of you who leave a little review there as well. I want to hear your feedback, any requests you may have as we head towards the offseason. Of course, a massive thank you as well to the support we get day in, day out from our friends at Tennis Point, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the tennis world. All right. With that said, again, who's competing for all the marbles on Championship Sunday? Let's set the scene here on today's show. Let's start in Antwerp. How about 19-year-old Arthur Fee. He will compete for his second career tour-level title this week in Antwerp. Fee stunning in a 7-6-7-6 victory over Stefano Tsitsipas in the semifinals. You look for the 19-year-old. Not only is he competing in his second career tour-level final, which of course he reached his first final in Lyon earlier this season, ultimately wins the title there. It's his second top 10 victory as well. I was at Tennis Channel when Arthur Fee earlier this season knocked off Kaspar Ruud in Hamburg. To follow that up a few months later, completely different surface, indoor hard courts, getting a win over a Stefano Tsitsipas, who's number two in hold percentage amongst top 50 players on the ATP Tour this season to match his proficiency on serve both fee Tsitsipas broken just once in this six and six result Arthur fee went plus one for plus one with arguably the best in the game right now at that particular tactic and he came out ahead and look the difference was Arthur fee had a bailout mechanism in a way Stefano Tsitsipas really did not when fee connected first serve into the Tsitsipas backhand fee had looks at plus one forehands and just all match long, in particular that first set breaker, because in the first set there were no breaks of serve, and you know it's a seven-five tiebreak score. Things are on razor's edge. Fee's willingness to step into the first forehand, he closes things out with a first forehand inside in, absolutely ripped the decisiveness, the gumption to pull off that shot in that moment and execute it so flawlessly. I mean, again, Fee fights off eight of the nine break points that he faced, won 73% of his first serve points, making them at a 60% clip. He showed off the plus one power that will allow him to dictate terms against just about any opponent. And then, of course, there's the underlying physicality, the ability to extend shots out of corners, the ability to play slice. Obviously, he's a very good volleyer. You see that touch in his willingness. uh, You see that touch, excuse me, in his willingness to move forward behind the opportunities his pace and his heavy topspin creates. Again, his first title of his career and first title of the season came on in, uh, first title, excuse me, of his career at the tour level came in Lyon on outdoor clay courts. And I actually think those higher bouncing, slower surfaces will give him even more time to get into that slightly bigger forehand backswing, which, yes, was pressured by the Pass serve, by the Pass plus one forehand. But again, Fee was able to keep pace. And I think the slower the surface, the more opportunity he'll have to do that. He now, of course, wins another indoor hard court title this season. He won one at the challenger level earlier this year. 
Again, that backhand is very condensed. He's able to drive through that return easily. I actually think he's fine connecting on the forehand with pressured by pace. It's just that ability to snap through it in a way he can so, so wonderfully when he does have that time to fully uh, to uh, fully get back into that backswing. Again, this is hardly a revelation. I've been beating this drum all season long, but I've, I said it yesterday. I said it the day before that. I've said it a lot over the past month. Arthur Fee just has everything you look for, and his on-the-run passing shot, the fact that he hits a sprint a running backwards tweener down the line, not winner, but Tsitsipas isn't able to make the volley off of that Arthur Fee tweener. It was all working for Arthur Fee, and by the way, when he hit that tweener for, what, 30-all in Tsitsipas's 3-5 service game in the second set, you thought, all right, this match is over. Even if Fee doesn't break here, there's no way he's getting broken at 5-4, but credit to Tsitsipas, buckled down took a couple of backhand returns, a few steps inside the baseline. They're a little bit closer to that baseline to just take a little bit of time away from Fee. Now, Fee certainly offered up a couple of loose errors in that 5-4 service game, but it was a credit to Tsitsipas for bouncing back. Again, you look for Stefano Tsitsipas. By the way, he faced just four break points to Arthur Fee's nine, and he fought off three of those four break chances, out-aced him. Better first serve win percentage, better first serve make percentage, all these different things. The difference is in the two or three points that made the difference in this match, Arthur Fee had a simple mechanism to attack. And that simple mechanism exists for every player with the weapons to execute it. Go through the Pass backhand, be aggressive with your plus one forehand. Obviously, on clay courts, it's a little bit different, but on a faster indoor surface, obviously, that avenue was available to Fee. And to his credit, he executed with a consistent enough at a consistent enough rate with significant enough power that, again, he earns his second career top 10 victory. And you look for Arthur Fee now overall on the season. You include challenger victories, Fee 39 and 19 overall. But even if you want to just go tour level, he's 19 and 13 in his tour level matches. 19 years old, he turned this year, and he's winning 60% of his matches at the tour level. He's now made two different finals, five different semifinals. What a year for the 19-year-old. Really could be considered your... Uh, I, I don't think Ben Shelton is technically... And shout out to Max, who pointed this out on Twitter to me. I apologize. I'm blanking on his last name. But because Shelton was top 100 to start the season, I don't think technically he can be your newcomer of the year. If that's the case, it's going to be Arthur Fee, the 19-year-old. I don't know if he's going to make a top 10 push next season, but he will be top 10 in some point in his career. I don't think that's hyperbole to say that. And... It's time in the offseason. We'll have to have the serious is he now a tier one prospect discussion? He is certainly, certainly flirting with it. Again, second career tour level final. He'll take on a Sasha Bublik playing in his ninth career tour level final. Sneaky good number. Anytime you can get or at double digits. Again, Sasha Bublik turned 26 years old this past June. He's still got a five, six-year runway ahead, and certainly with his serve, you feel like that weapon in itself might be able to prolong his career if he indeed does want to continue to play. And look, he's 27 and 29 over his last 52 weeks, but he is into his second, career, uh, second final of the year, and he did win a title earlier this season in Halle. 
you make a couple final runs, that's how you sustain a top 50 ranking. Bublik right now currently sitting at 34 in the world. Look, you know the deal with Bublik. The first serve, the plus one aggression, he mixes in the drop shot. You're just never going to have rhythm. You're never going to be comfortable. He breaks Marder early, holds on to that break in set number one, gets a late break in set two. Not that late, but... Kublik was the better player. Martyr could not handle that pace. That said, what a run for the qualifier. Martyr trying to make a top 10 push, uh, top 100 pushes. The 28-year-old, once again, former world number 45, has done dealt with a ton of injuries, but back up to number 105 as a result of his semifinal run. And again, Tsitsipas making the semifinals. He's currently sitting, perhaps most notably, 695 points ahead of ninth place Taylor Fritz. So you feel like he's probably getting into the tour finals once again this season. Still, Fee, Bublik, both guys with one title this year, going to be your final. It's a first career head-to-head. Arthur Fee, 57.2 favorite, according to Tennis Abstract. The Bublik servant to the Fee forehand is going to be a fascinating—is going to be the defining head-to-head wrinkle, tactical matchup of this one. Fee has the speed to track down the Bublik drop shots, has the volleys to be prepared for whatever Bublik throws at him next— he also has some weapons to put Bublik under pressure. It's not going to be clean rips on the return of serve for Bublik because Arthur Fee does have a cannon. That said, again, it's a final, and Bublik, you know, Bublik just kind of has those weeks. Fee 6-4 in the third, but that's going to be a really fun match. Wouldn't shock me at all to see Bublik win that one. And, you know, again, it's a similar toss-up in Tokyo where I've spent I always feel bad because I know a lot of you listeners do listen day in, day out. I also know we have some listeners who tune in this episode, then we'll tune in that episode, whatever it may be. You all know my thoughts on Ben Shelton. The thing that continues to stand out to me most in his 6 7 7 6 6 4 come from behind victory against Marcos Giron, where again, he was down a double break 5 2. Marcos Giron not getting to a match point in either his 5 2 nor 5 4 service games. There's just a shot tolerance. There's a willingness to grind out of Ben Shelton that just wasn't there in April. It wasn't there in May. It wasn't there in June. It is fully there right now. He has the size, the strength, the speed, the stamina to last. It, it You know, again, in these 10, 15 shot rallies, now he's found that 75% neutral high and heavy topspin forehand that just doesn't give as much away to his opponent and certainly doesn't seem to hang short on him as frequently. You know, again, Marcos Giron played such brilliant tennis this week, and it was a fourth career semifinal for him. Giron back up to 57 in the live rankings, 22 spots up this week. Massive win for him, but I mean, for Ben now, over 500, first career tour-level final. Obviously, his serve is still the cannon that can pull him through in any moment, but to see his willingness to play those longer rallies, to go topspin cross until the obvious approaching opportunity approaches again the consistent drive of his backhand the better depth on his backhand slice now as well doesn't look like it hangs as much as on tv as it once did i've always said in person it's more effective than it looks but now it even looks effective on the screen the ben's getting better at everything it's a scary prospect given just the again natural born weapons he possesses and look first career tour level final eighth final of his career at the pro level across any level uh, of pro tennis, ITF, Challenger, ATP. 
up to 17 in the live rankings again. New career high for Ben. He's probably going to end the year top 20, which is a crazy thing to say for a guy who will have fewer than 30 wins. It speaks to when Ben's good. He's extraordinarily good. And look, he's already beaten Aslan Karatsev for what it's worth. 1-0 in the career head-to-head, but... Karatsev's playing some serious ball. 3-2 and two over Demon Hour in the quarters. Now 3-4 and four over Machizuki in the semis. Karatsev into his first final of the year, fifth final of his career. Again, he has pretty much consolidated his top 50 spot for the remainder of this season. He's up to number 37 in the live rankings. You could tell Machizuki was playing with a gas tank on three quarters empty, but man, if you can't pressure Karatsev with early pace in the rally, he is just going to tee up, find his rhythm, swing freely. His ball striking ability, it's never been in question over these past few seasons. Look, again, the thing is Ben has the weapons to prevent Karatsev from taking those big cuts. He has the weapons in the game style of, again, pressuring Karatsev, moving forward early in rallies that Karatsev won't have nearly as much time to take those big swings. He'll have to try to take some early cuts on the return of serve to get any sort of looks in Ben's service games. It's a bad matchup for Karatsev. The question is for Shelton, who, of course, you look at his run to this final, round number one, three sets, 7-6 seven, in the third over Daniels, 6-3 in the third over Thompson, 7-6-3, six, six, but an emotional win, certainly over Tommy Paul in the quarters, and now 6-4 in the third over Garon versus a Karatsev, who's won his last three matches, and all four of his wins have come in straight sets. That is why I would lean Karatsev, just because I do wonder how much does Ben have left, but it's a final, and he's 21 years old. Ben's going to get up for it. I'll take Shelton to win the title, but again, that's going to be a fun one. Buckle the seatbelts. Power versus power. Not going to be the longest rallies, but certainly, again, expect some 7-6 on the scoreboard in Tokyo. Again, Shelton Fee providing your, dare I say, highlight victories uh, of semifinal Saturday. And just, by the way, Ben Shelton, 65.9% favorite, according to Tennis Abstract. Again, he's 1-0 in the career head-to-head. Those were your two headline results, but still, again, plenty of good ones elsewhere. Let's move over to the women's side now over in Nanchung. How about Marie Bozhkova? Her backhand today was just in top form in what was ultimately a straight set victory over 19-year-old Diana Schneider Boshkova, a 6-2 and two win propelling her into her first final of the 2023 season and fifth career tour level final overall. And again, for Marie Boshkova, who's going to end the year inside the top 40, Boshkova with this result back up to number 35 in the live rankings after a big drop for her to start the week. Again, she's played much, much better tennis of late quarterfinals since the finals, obviously now here in Nanchung, you throw in a Wimbledon round of 16 as well. But, you know, again, she's 27 and 23 overall on the year, was battling 500 for much of the season. In fact, came into this tournament 500 overall on the year. She needed these wins for confidence as much as points. And she gets them. Now, she hasn't faced a single top 50 player this week. Wins over Von Dijkman, Anshba, Osorio, and Schneider. But again, it was it was the backhand in particular. Her ability to take away that Diana Schneider first, you know, slice serve wide on the outside, first forehand inside out. She took that away with just every backhand return on the outside early on the rise down the line that she hit a backhand down the line return winner on match point. Very fitting. 
I mean, Schneider hung. There were tons of break of serves in this match. And again, when Dai Schneider is swinging freely from the baseline, the 19-year-old just has that sort of power. She's going to be a top 50 player for a very, very long time. But Boshkova took that forehand away from her. Boshkova did an excellent job of centering in on the Schneider backhand, in particularly jamming Schneider with pace down the center of the court, offering no easy angles for Schneider to attack because she does attack both line and cross with so much power. It's just a very disciplined performance from the 25-year-old Marie Boshkova, who, again, with this result into her fifth career tour-level final, a date with Katerina Sinyakova awaiting Sinyakova making finals in back-to-back weeks. Not too shabby for the 27-year-old from the Czech Republic. She gets a little revenge for last week's Hong Kong final result. She knocks off Leila Fernandez, 7-5-6-4. Look, Sinyakova's up a double break, 4-1 in the opening set, came out of the gates just firing. And I thought she did a much better job of targeting the Fernandez backhand with pace than the Fernandez forehand. Fernandez right now just scooping that forehand early on the rise, redirecting it so well. She prevented Fernandez from doing that early. But, man, Leila Fernandez never goes away. Again, you blinked. It went from 4-1 double break Sinyakova to 5-all in that opening set. And credit to Sinyakova for staying the course, for continuing to just take aggressive cuts. She knew, hey, I've already been on the Leila Fernandez string. I don't want to ride that performance again. Again, it's really hard to beat players back-to-back given the parity we see right now. That's the word I was looking for in the game. And so credit to Sinyakova, 5-4 and four victory over Leila Fernandez. She's 1-0 in the career head-to-head against her fellow Czech, Marie Boshkova. And by the way, with this win, Sinyakova closing back in on the top 50. She's 56 in the live rankings right now. A win tomorrow. She'll be up to number 44 in the live rankings. I already mentioned Marie Boshkova back up to number 35 in the live rankings with her result. Again, Sinyakova 1-0 in the career head-to-head. Boshkova 56 0.9% favorite. I'm going to go Sinyakova. Uh, yeah, no, no. I'm going to go Boshkova. Mm, yeah, I'm going to go Boshkova. It's just a lot of tennis on the body of Sinyakova late. And yes, she struck the ball beautifully, but that left thigh has been wrapped. And, you know, again, the last thing you can have is any sort of physical impairment taking out of Marie Boshkova. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'm going Boshkova. But I certainly expect a battle between the two. And then again, Sinyakova 1-0 in the career head-to-head. How about the battle in Monastir? Kind of like this event as much as any on the board in terms of finals matchup. And it's one of those rare moments where we have the top two seeds doing battle in mon- uh, in a tournament final. It's Jasmine Paulini, the top seed, three-set win over Lucia Serenko, going to take on second-seeded Elisa Mertens. Mertens, she's looked excellent in her last two victories against eighth-seeded Clara Burrell, against unseeded Maya Tama. Neither had weapons to hurt Mertens with. And while Burrell could certainly match Mertens physically, again, it was Mertens' comfort level moving forward and just ability to end points decisively with decisive forehand swings and following those decisive swings forward. I mean, again, Mertens showed the sort of steady, well-rounded tennis that has defined her her prime and her ceiling. And the soon-to-be 28-year-old now into a 12th career tour-level final, first of her career, uh, excuse me, first of her season here in Monastir. It's been an ideal draw 
one of those rare times where Elisa Mertens has certainly made the most of it. And with this result, Mertens back up to 31 in the live rankings. A win tomorrow will get her back up to number 30 and put her back in the mix to being seeded and extending that third round in just about every slam. She plays streak possibility. And look again for Jasmine Paulini. Paulini into her fourth career tour level final. Her second, though, of the season Obviously, she's played some particularly good ball of late as well. She makes semifinals in Zhengzhou, round of 16 in Beijing, beating Haddad Maya before ultimately getting knocked out by Arena Sabalenka, was a quarterfinalist in Cincinnati as a qualifier as well. Paulina's made a push. There's a reason she's sitting at a new career high in the live rankings. Currently, number 29 is the 27-year-old Italian. What more can you ask for? You get to set your schedule as you wish. And again, it's a backloaded points load for Paolini. So those first six months, hey, if she can sustain this level, the runway is there for her ranking-wise to make a top 25, make a top 20 subsequent push. And look, do I think Jasmine Paolini is a top 10 player? I don't. Do I see that ceiling for her? I don't. Do I think she's playing outstanding tennis of late? Absolutely. Do I think she deserves to be seated at the 2023? for Australian Open. I absolutely do as well. So again, Paulini's played some exceptional ball. She is one in three in her career head-to-head with Mertens. That said, Tennis Abstract has this quite literally 50-50. It's 50.4 Mertens, 49.6 Paulini. Buckle your seatbelts. It will be a fun final in Monastir. And then how about Cluj-Napoca? How about the inspired tennis? Yeah, I'm going to say inspired tennis of Elena Gabriela Russa, the 20, soon-to-be 26-year-old Romanian, into her third career tour-level final, first of the season, given the injuries she's dealt with of late. For the 25-year-old, she's up 62 spots in the live rankings, back up to number 126 as a result of this run, just back in the mix. And look, she just... Hit the cover off the ball. Hit Rebecca Masarova off the court. It just felt like Masarova was always on her back foot. And, you know, again, for Arusa, who'd played a bunch of three-set tough ones of late to get through this one in straight sets, to have a fully packed house supporting her on. The swings are vociferous. Again, it's relentless pace as well. She's moving so fluidly in and out of the corners I think she's going to beat Tamara Korpats tomorrow. Korpats just had a little more than Ava Lise. Korpats a 4-3 victory over Lise to reach her first career tour-level final. And by the way, Korpats came into the week ranked 105. She's up to 82 in the live rankings. Congratulations, Tamara Korpats. The 28-year-old is getting into the 2024 Australian Open, starting the year out with a big paycheck. She's willing to play that high, loopy, grinding dare you to be patient, dare you to take a big swing sort of tennis, and then when you fall asleep at the wheel, she's going to snap one by you, that's not going to work against Rusa because Rusa's pace, especially this week, has just been relentless. Rusa 2-0 in the career head-to-head, 69.6% favorite. I see no reason to think she won't take the title in Cluj-Napoca, and what a moment that would be again for her to win a title on home soil. You saw she fell to her knees and was in near teeters after just reaching the finals. And it gets you just as a fan and of sport wondering what that moment would be like, and you can completely understand how one would be overcome with emotion. It's just been so special, and it just feels like her level reflects the atmosphere 
you know, again, how special that moment, that opportunity is. So I'm going to take her to win the title. Give me Rusa in Kluge-Napoka. I don't know if I made a Paulini Mertens. I'm going to go Mertens to go back to back in to go back to back in Monastir. And then last, certainly not least, shout out to 24-year-old Russian Pavel Kotov. He is into his first tour level final of his career. The Russian today, uh, ultimately a three and four victory over Miramir Kasmanovich. Kasmanovich couldn't finish points against Kotov. Was just physically in the fight. I don't love Kontov's backhand. I don't dislike it, though. I don't want to say it's a placeholder, but it's it's good depth. It's solid. He can change it, you know, change direction with it, go down the line when the moment calls for it. But the forehand is the moneymaker for Kontov. And not because it's this overwhelming weapon. It's just because he plays it so close to his body. You never have a clue where the Russian's going to go with that ball. And look, with this run, he's up to a new career high, 81 in the live rankings. Again, congratulations to the 24-year-old Russian. You are getting into the 2024 Australian Open main draw. It's been a great year for him. And, you know, again, it's fascinating to see that work against a guy like Kesmenovich who doesn't overwhelm you with pace. Yeah, Katov has a little bit more time to extend through that forehand, but this was a really fun straight set physical match, as was, by the way, the 5-2 and two victory for Gael Monfi. Monfi into his 34th career tour-level final, uh, his first of the 2023 season. I mean, again, he's just playing so much better tennis down the year's home stretch, and you can just tell he's healthy, he's fit, he's back up to 106 in the live rankings, may not need a wild card, might just get into the ATP. Uh, Mike, I mean, he'll get a Paris wild card. He wins a match at the Paris Masters. He's getting into the Australian Open on his own ranking. Uh, it was funny because Lasso Jera, who looked so good, right, in that opening set in his run against Novak Djokovic in New York, something about how flat Monfi hits the ball when he's at neutral, it just was a little bit harder for Jero to manufacture pace in this one. And it just felt like Mofi was always on the winning end of their extending 10 to 15 shot rallies, of which there were plenty throughout the course of this match. Still, that physicality, it's just back for Gael, which means he had is at his healthiest. Gael Mofi again into his 34th career tour level final to get on a first time finalist in Pavel Kotov. It will be the first career head to head matchup between the two. Mofi in 84.1% uh, percent favorite again would be a massive moment for both Guy for Mofi, a title to propel him back inside the top 100 for Kotov, a first title in his tour career. That's where things stand as we head into, again, a jam-packed championship Sunday in the pro tennis world. Of course, we will be back tomorrow evening to break it all down for all of you listeners. And the reason we're able to provide these weekend podcasts, of course, is because of the tireless efforts of our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, who has a f*** of an editing job day in, day out, making all of our content possible. A massive shout-out to him. A massive shout-out as well to our dear friends at Tennis Point. You all know the deal. Tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the tennis world. With that said, for the fantastic super producer Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Tennis Point from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.